Welcome back, children of the revolution, to what you're not listening to, the Audio Educational and Anthology Series, here on Ace of Spades, PDX.com, and I'm Daddy Ben Barry, Ben Brown Jr., your host, show producer, webmaster, audio engineer, researcher, videographer, and writer. And before we get started today on um, a really great show featuring the uh, early years of a really great band, um, there's something I want to share with all of you. Now, I could have talked about this earlier, but I've been recording these shows in advance, um, knowing that what my schedule is going to be like, I try to get everything done, you know, and in the can as soon as possible. And so it's been about a month, right, that I've known this. And now uh, for those of you who don't, uh, who haven't seen it on Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn, I mentioned back in April that I was going to enter two contests. One I placed very high in, uh, but not enough to uh, be part of the voting part. And, uh, and I'm okay with that. Just knowing that People recognize it. It just blows my blows my mind. But this this I was not ready for. So it was um, just a few days ago on Friday. I think I want to say it was the fourteenth. I was, um, I think that's right. Um, of May, I was having the really truly worst day I've had in ages. I uh, was threatened by my insurance company. They're going to send my something to collections to come to find it was thirty dollars from a lab fee that the somehow. <laughs> didn't get covered. I'm like, I can take care of that. They were really nice. I have to admit it just was like, alrighty. And then I found out from the state of Oregon when I was unemployed and on food stamps last year, uh, they overpaid me. Right. I, okay, sure. Um, and, um, so there went, uh, about half of my state refund right there. And then I got a letter in the mail and uh, baby boy, Ron brought it in and I'm like, I don't even want to look at any more bad news, but what the hell, why not? And it was from the Communicator Rewards. And uh, I opened it up and it says, Dear Ben, congratulations. Judging has been completed for your submission to the 27th Annual Communicator Awards. And in bold letters, your work has been selected by the Academy of Interactive and Visual Arts as a 2021 Communicator Award winner. I was screaming and jumping and I couldn't stop laughing. They got it on video and I'm, I'm literally was just about, I, I, I'm still floating. Right. It's like four days later and I'm still like it still hasn't really sunk in yet. But I'm like looking I'm looking back at this paperwork and I'm like, I don't even know what to say to this. So in every category, they give out two awards. One is for excellence and the other one is for distinction. Well, guess what, children? You probably already knew it. I won for the distinction and not just for best music program, because this isn't all music, but best podcast series. Now, I did say some very cheeky things because it I was very ambivalent about entering these things. I believe that everyone should be just doing the best work they can regardless, but I don't want to be anonymous because I need to be paying the bills because they cut my hours at work again. And it's just, it's been a little tough lately. Um, and I just want to say this, you know, yes, I did mention the fact that I would say uh, I'd like to thank the Academy and all the little people because there's so many of you little people. But in honesty, um, you're the reason for the season. And uh, if I look tall, it's because I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, which is all of you. So um, I'll be getting an award soon, literally a physical statue. And there's some other things I need to do uh, between now and then. By the time you hear this, uh, I'll be promoting this on my website and all that. But I'm just, again, thank you guys. I love you. And uh, I hope it shows. And uh, every every program that I produce for you. Um, it is truly a labor of love and um, really utilizes a lot of my skill set. And the you know, just the other day I was outside and somebody drove up and said that who show is awesome. And I'm like, <laughs> 
I just, it's wonderful. And even when, even though COVID is you know, going away now, at least for the time being, you know, the, the fact that I can bring somebody that much joy is, is really absolutely wonderful. So thank you again. And I know I better stop right now because I can just hear some of you out there like, gee, bang, will you stop? I'm getting misty, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, love to you all. And now the real reason all of you are here and today we're going to talk about when Southern California 70s rock didn't suck. After the 1960s folk rock uh, made its biggest impact on the United States charts, a new sound was developing from it, the singer-songwriter movement. Things got slower, less political, and much more personal. But not all of it was middle-of-the-road mainstream snooze fest. Children of the Revolution, please allow me to introduce Little Feet. It would be very easy to paint all music coming out of the first half of the 70s as dull and boring, especially if you saw what the biggest selling records were at the time. Many of the artists of this new movement primarily were centered around two places, which were Woodstock in New York um, and in Southern California, around the Laurel Canyon area. The latter was in close proximity to Hollywood, which made it attractive to those in the entertainment business. The scene became mainstream, which is something that metalheads, rockers, and punks equally called the death of rock and roll, until those groups somehow came along and saved it. The sound was even adopted by others outside the locality, uh, such as uh, Elton John. The Eagles were a prime example of this music, and due to their massive success, a prime target. But not every artist in the Southern California scene was all about singing about a place you can check out of and never leave from. Little Feet, a band still recording and touring to this day, arose from this era and place, and from one of the Laurel Canyon residents, who oddly was not a soft rock, uh, not about soft rock, Frank Zappa. Lowell George, along with Hispanic bassist Ray Estrada, were once in the Mothers of Invention and left to form Little Feet in 71. They were signed to Warner Brothers, and their first two LPs flopped. They broke up briefly, but then quickly reformed with a new lineup. George, along with Paul Beret, uh, Kenny Gradney, and Bill Payne, along with musicians of color, Richie Hayward and Sam Clayton, something only the Doobie Brothers could claim at this time. Little Feet would start a winning streak with this new lineup, which changed their sound dramatically. Folk, country, R&B, jazz fusion, swamp rock, boogie rock, ballads, and even blue-eyed soul. Live, they were considered a type of jam band like the Grateful Dead, but much more funky. They were so well-loved that their songs ended up on best-selling albums by Linda Ronstadt, and the group themselves were session players on numerous releases, including several early important LPs by Robert Palmer. Interestingly, the band also became associated with another person from their Zappa days, illustrator Neon Park. This was the era of the classic album cover, and Park, born Martin Muller, uh, rose uh, so much to the occasion uh, that his work became associated with the band just as much as the design team of Hypnosis was with Pink Floyd. Park's anamorphic... Um, I'm sorry, Parks Anamorphic Animals and Food Images uh, also were done up with a sly sense of humor, not unlike many of the songs by the group, which stood in contrast to the seriousness of Little Feet's contemporaries. Things were unfortunately not well in the band. George, who had become an autocratic leader, like his early mentor Frank Zappa, came to despise the songwriting talents and playing of his bandmates, believing they had strayed too far from their winning formula. By the time of their magnum opus and truly breakthrough record, the double live album Waiting for Columbus in 78, the band were more popular than ever and their sound was beefed up incredibly by the introduction of the Tower of Power horns, yet another turn that set them apart from their contemporaries. George then dissolved the band and released his only solo album, Thanks All You Did Here. While on tour supporting the latter release, George died of a heart attack at the age of 34, uh, brought on in part by obesity, alcohol abuse, and hedonistic drug use. 
The band would release what little material they had left with George within a couple of years, but would reform in 88 with the LP Let It Roll, which was a major commercial success. With or without Lowell George, the band has carved out an impressive niche as that none of their contemporaries can match. The Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin were huge fans of the group, and People Magazine once called Little Feet America's best unknown band. Here's your opportunity to find out why. Alrighty, and um, this was actually, I had not listened to the band in some time, and I, I don't know why I picked them, but um, I just, like, I remember uh, looking through some records, and I'm like, oh yes, this is a band we haven't even featured yet, and I think it's going to be a great, it's a great summertime groove, it really is, just all sorts of fantastic things in here. So uh, even though it's not summer yet, you wouldn't know it from the heat that we've been having here in Oregon. Um but this is definitely uh, some really, really amazing, amazing stuff. So um, from their first gold album, Feet Don't Fail Me Now from 1974, this is Skin It Back, and we will see you in about 30 minutes.
Good times were our host In the land of milk and honey and time Time has its scars Those rainy days they turn to Great. 
crazy And with the right medication We won't be lazy
Welcome back, Children of the Revolution, to what you're not listening to here on Ace of Spades PDX.com, the Out of Educational Anthology series, I should say, the award-winning <laughs> Audio Educational Anthology series. Yes, it's been, I, I, I just, bet. I have no words. So you know that means, means something. <laughs> Let's recap what we've heard uh, in the first part of our fantastic Little Feet program, just some Truly amazing music with a lot of dif- different feels and styles. Kicked it all off um, with Skin It Back from 74 from Feet So Fail Me Now. And uh, All That You Dream, the single version of that from 75. And that was a single A-side. And the original version was on the last record album. This has a slightly different arrangement. And I actually prefer it over the album version. 
Following that, the first song to get the band noticed, uh, Willen, uh, and that version is from Salem Shoes from 72, their second album. And it was originally recorded for their debut called Little Feet, um, and then it was re-recorded for this. Uh, it was improved uh, slightly and uh, really got the band noticed. Uh, they broke up after this, but then Linda Ronstadt, who was just huge at the time, uh, decided, hey, I'm going to record this song. And all of a sudden, the band were like, okay, we're on to something here. Following that, from the album Time Loves a Hero from 77, Old Folks Boogie. <laughs> I guess that's just, that could describe this whole show, right? Um, and then uh, the song we just heard, uh, a, Laurel, a Laurel George solo recording, one of the last ones uh, on the album, Find a River from 79 from the album Thanks, I'll Eat It Here. And we'll be kicking off the second part of our program here with the title track to their third record. Um, and this is the kind of the album that got them a lot of notice. Not their first big seller. Uh, well, it's the first big seller in comparison to the first two. Um, but it was one of those things that just started to really build on the uh, the brand new band dynamic. And interestingly enough, the band, the Dixie Chicks, took their name from this track. From 73, from the album Dixie Chicken, this is Dixie Chicken. And we'll see you just before a fantastic live grand finale.
was a woman in Georgia, didn't feel just right. She had fever all day and chills at night. Now things got worse, yes, a serious bind. In times like this, it takes a man with a style like getting out of a bind. A doctor of the heart and a doctor of the mind.
And welcome back, one and all, uh, to what you're not listening to, the Art of Educational Anthology series. You're on Ace of Spades, PDX. Yes, as, uh, as, as long-term fans know, I still record these on one take, warts and all. Yes. Let's recap what we've heard in our fantastic Little Feet show. What a perfect show. So now I'm anything south of the equator right now, I know. Like, I have uh, fans in Australia, and it's getting closer to winter there. But this is just some perfect late spring, early summer music, isn't it? Just windows down, um, in the car, in the backyard, just, you know, just grooving along. Beautiful sunset walks. Just, I know, pina coladas and getting caught in the rain, whatever. <laughs> Let's recap what we've heard. Um in this second part, kicked it all off with the title track to Dixie Chicken and um, their only top 40 single while uh, Laurel George was in the band from 1974 from the album Feet Still Fail Me Now was also their first gold album, Rock and Roll Doctor. Really, a lot of these are just fun. Lyrically, they're just wonderful. And then after that, The Fan, which was recorded live in the studio and appeared, uh, that was from 73, and eventually appeared on a 1981 um, uh, kind of odds and sods release called Hoi Hoi. And, uh, you can find the entire performance uh, for sale. Um, it was uh, recorded at Ultrasonic Studios in New York and then uh, broadcast over the radio. Um, and it is now available on CD for, for our – if you can't get enough. This this shows the band very much almost like in a jazz fusion kind of move right here, uh, which uh, sound they would explore in other tracks like Death Dog Races. After that um, – uh, a rockin' little number there, Teenage Nervous Breakdown, again from 72 Sailing Shoes, and from their debut album, Hamburger Midnight, the first track on the first uh, Little Feet album called Little Feet from 71, and the beautiful song we just heard from Dixie Chicken from 73, that was Juliet. All right, and I went back and reread that uh, People Magazine article, and uh, it wasn't very long. Um, it was a picture of the band, um, but what it was is, you know, how did it take this long for you guys to get noticed? And they just were like, it just does. You just don't come in being a superstar right off the bat. So um, of all of their releases, if you only have to have one, Waiting for Columbus is the one to have. Um, not only does it show the band playing in peak form, um, but with the introduction of the horn section, gives a lot of these songs a punch that you normally would not expect, right? Uh, but it's just amazing. And uh, two albums, it isn't enough. And in fact, it wasn't enough originally. Um, there was extra tracks they couldn't fit on the album. Uh, but a, a remastered version on CD was uh, done up by Warner Brothers. It included all the tracks from the shows that they wanted to include. And if you have questions, feedback, comments, dedications, love, or requests are always welcome. Please drop me a line at Daddy Ben Bear. One word, Daddy Ben Bear. At gmail.com. Find me on my design site at AOSPDX.com or on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram. Thank you all and love to you all. <sighs> I know. I know. What are we going to do next? Let's just, like, I, you know, and that's the thing. That's what everyone's been asking me. What happens next? I don't, like, there's a book, right? I have no idea what is next, right? It's just, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, there's like, no, you know, like, you know, this isn't like Dr. Spock in the baby book, which you shouldn't read anyway, because it's crap. Um, it's, there's no guide here. I'm literally making this stuff up as I go along and see, run at the flagpole, see who salutes. Well, you know, so I guess I have to rethink that maybe just a little bit, you know, like, cause I'm not, I really wasn't ready for this. So, um, new chapters, new excitement, new adventures and love to you all. This is a, a political blues live and rocket in my pocket. <laughs> 
Well, recorded in 1977 and released in 1978, Waiting for Columbus.
she said, Why don't you ever take me out? She got one foot on the 